it was just me preaching, then we could keep going. But, boy, we want you to find your seat because we are looking forward to hearing from uh, Harrison and Jennifer. We're so excited that they're with us today. I hope uh, you still are. And i just like our congregation to give them a Mifflinburg welcome. Would you welcome uh, this morning Harrison and Jennifer Gallman. Good morning, everybody. Can you hear us? All right. Can you hear us, Jennifer and Harrison? Hey, guys. All right. Take it away. We're so excited. Thank you for being with us today. Well, thank you for the opportunity. Um, Okay, so I am Jennifer. I'm Harrison. And we have our daughter, Lizbeth. Um, I'm going to scooch down to this next screen, show you a little bit about more who we are. Um, we are currently serving in Chiclayo, Peru, right where that yellow pushpin is, is in Peru, the green country. Um, but we currently live, can you back out of the way? We put this map on here to show you where we live. We live up here on the northern coast, roughly, not in the ocean, sorry, my fingers are right here. Roughly around here on the northern coast in a town called Chiclayo. Um, and it is a great pleasure to be with you this morning. We are currently, or we have been sent here to Peru to serve as work and witness coordinators. Um, that's been a little interesting over the past year and a half, um, as I'm sure you can imagine. Um, so we'd like to start today. I'm going to turn it over to my husband. He's going to speak in Spanish. In Spanish. He's not <laughs> going to speak in tongue. Um, and I will translate for you all um, his message. Um, so... I'll pass it over to him, and then we'll we'll do some switching in the middle. Good morning, everybody, and it's a great pleasure to be able to share together. We're very happy to be here this morning through technology. And I think that God is really good in the fact that he allows us to develop new skills and learn new things so that we can um, expand his kingdom. And what we want to share this morning with you is just how thankful we are um, with God and for God. And we believe that you also probably feel that same way, being very thankful to the Lord for hay, all that you have. Hay mucho por qué al Señor. There's so much to be thankful for. And this morning I want to share with you a little bit from the chat from the book of Joshua. And as an introduction, I want to share with you a little bit about the story of Joshua. You probably know this story. Joshua is one of the heroes of the Bible. And it's interesting because Joshua is the successor of Moses. He came after Moses. And he had, Joshua had a mentor, a leader, who um, helped him and taught him. But when it came time for him to become the next leader, he had a lot of fear. And we can see that when we read the first chapter of Joshua. He has to help the, the Israelite uh, people to complete God's work. 
Y podemos notar ahí donde Josué tiene un poco de temor. And we can see in that, in that scripture um, that Joshua has some fear. Y es cuando Dios le dice, no temas, porque yo estaré contigo donde quiera que tú vayas. And it's when the Lord tells him, don't be afraid, I'm going to be with you wherever you go. Si usted sigue leyendo el libro de Josué, se puede dar cuenta que Josué cruzó, cruzó el pueblo a la tierra prometida. And if you keep reading, you'll see uh, it gets to the point where Joshua goes uh, with the people of Israel um, into the promised land. Conquistó la tierra, repartió la tierra y venció a más reyes. They took over that land. They, they divided that land up among their people. Um, they conquered many kings in that land. Más reyes de los que Moisés venció. Uh, they took over more kings than Moses had ever done in his lifetime. Y ya cuando llega a ser anciano en sus últimos días, él da un discurso al pueblo de Israel. And when Joshua gets to be older, um, he, he speaks to the people. Y él anima al pueblo de Israel a seguir sirviendo con amor y fervor a Dios. And he encourages the people to um, serve the Lord with love and with their whole hearts, with their whole being. Y es interesante que les, les reta a servir a Dios y les dice, si ustedes no quieren servir a Dios, no se preocupen porque en mi casa y yo serviremos a Jehová. Uh, because he says in the end, look, if you don't want to serve the Lord, that's fine. But me and my house, we will always serve the Lord. Este es como un panorama de todo lo que pasa en el libro. And this is kind of a, just a quick panorama of que, everything that happens in the book. Que yo sé que usted lo sabe de memoria muy bien. And I'm sure you probably all have memorized and know really, really well. Pero en esta mañana nos gustaría enfocarnos en el capítulo número 4 de este libro de Josué. But this morning we want to focus on chapter 4. Porque pasa algo interesante. Because there's something interesting that happens. Josué debía cruzar el pueblo de Israel al otro lado del Jordán. Joshua was, was supposed to take the people into um, the promised land by crossing the Jordan River. Y obviamente, usted sabe qué pasó. Dios estuvo con, con Josué y el Jordán separó sus aguas y, y tuvo tierra seca para poder cruzar. And you know what happened. Um, God opened up the, the land that it would be dry ground that the Israelite people crossed over on. Pero Josué le da una disposición a 12 hombres, uno de cada tribu, hacer algo, algo importante. But Joshua Chaler tells four people, one from each tribe, to do something very important and very special. Le dice que cada uno de estos hombres debe tomar una roca y llevarlas al otro lado del Jordán. He said each one of these men need to take a rock that they find in the middle of the Jordan. They have to pick it up and they have to carry it to the other side. ¿Cuál es el propósito de esta roca? What was the purpose of those rocks? Con estas rocas ellos iban a formar un altar. With these rocks they formed an altar. Y ese altar iba a servir para recordar lo que Dios había hecho con el pueblo de Israel. And the point of this altar was to remind the people always of what the Lord did um, to the Israel, for and with the Israelite people when they crossed over into the Promised Land. Este altar era un símbolo importante para el pueblo de Israel. This altar was a symbol, a very important symbol to the, the people of Israel. Porque como ya lo dije, iba a servir para recordar lo que había sucedido en el pasado del pueblo de Israel. Because it was something that would remind them of what happened in their past. Lo que estaba sucediendo en el presente. What they were living through in the moment, in the present. Y visualizar su futuro, obviamente, tomado desde la mano de Dios. And they could see what God was going to do in the future as long as they held on to him and, and walked along with him. Estas rocas tenían algo importante. These rocks had an important purpose. Pero, ¿por qué, ¿Por qué empiezo con esta introducción para compartir algo con ustedes? So why, why am I sharing all of this to share with you this morning? Porque en esta mañana nos gustaría compartir con ustedes un poquito de nuestro pasado. This morning we would like to share with you a little bit of our past. Nuestro presente. Some of our present. Y lo que avisoramos en el futuro tomados de la mano de Dios. And some of the things that we hope will happen in the future as long as we are walking alongside the Lord. No queremos ponernos como ejemplo, queremos compartir algo con ustedes para poder entablar una relación. We don't want to share this as, as our example that we are, that this is what uh, 
make us an example. But the, the goal is to share a little bit of our story of what God has done, what he is done, what he is doing and what he will do. And to, to start that relationship and that comp- the opportunity to share together. And my wife is going to share a little bit about our past. Um, so we, uh, I was called to ministry uh, to serve as missionaries when I went on a work and witness trip to Venezuela in 2003-2004. Um, I did not ever want to be a missionary. Um, that was not in my plan. Um, but God's plans are higher than our plans. And so uh, God called me to missions. Um, I went to Venezuela for a year and a half. I served there with the work and witness coordinators there. Um, and then I moved to Ecuador because I needed to learn Spanish. And they were pulling the missionaries out of Venezuela for security reasons. Um, when I moved to Ecuador, I knew I needed to learn Spanish. Um, at that point, I knew no Spanish except for asking how to go to battle. Um, and so it was there that I met Harrison. Uh, he was studying in the Nazarene Seminary there. Um, a language program just opened up on the Nazarene Seminary, so I started taking classes there. Um, we got to know each other. Um, this is our love story, Pastor, real, real quick. Um, so we met each other. We uh, were friends because we were always together with some of our other friends. Um, and I served eventually with Work and Witness and then also with uh, Neely, the Nazarene International Language Program there. Um, I was the driver of their 17-passenger van. I said I was their tour guide, even though I didn't really know a whole lot about Ecuador. Um, but I drove them around the country, so that was fun. Um, we were married in July of 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, so this past July in 2021, we celebrated our 10-year anniversary, so that's exciting. Um, we also served in our local church there in Ecuador, um, Harrison uh, served as youth pastor. He also served in Ecuador. Um, when he was finished with his studies at the seminary, he started working along Work and Witness. He was invited to, to serve and work witness there. Um, then he left Work and Witness for a time to be the administrator of the Nazarene Seminary. Um, and then he ended up going back to Work and Witness. Uh, and that's what we were doing up until 2019 uh, when we were invited to come to Peru. Um, our daughter, Lizbeth, was born in June of 2015, and we served the Lord uh, in Ecuador together and separate at the same time. Um, we were constantly going. Uh, it was it was hard to have times as a family together. Uh, I was traveling with Neely. Harrison was traveling with Work and Witness, or we were all traveling with Work and Witness. Um, and so it was a very, we were very active in ministry and, and moving around. Um, and so that's just a tiny little glimpse of our past. Um, and now Harrison's going to share a little bit of our present. And our present actually starts a little bit in our past. Um, so <laughs> Un poquito desde el 2019. Uh, so our, our present we're considering um, from 2019, which is when we received our invitation to come serve here in Peru. En el 2019 empezamos nuevamente a trabajar con trabajo y testimonio como asistente del coordinador de trabajo del área de Norte. So in 2019, uh, we started to officially work as assistants for Work and Witness on the North Andean field, which is part of Venezuela, Colombia, and Ecuador. We mostly serve in Ecuador. Y, bueno, de repente recibimos una invitación para ser candidatos y venir a salir como coordinadores de trabajo y testimonio en Perú. And then one day we received an invitation um, to come and serve as Work and Witness coordinators here in Peru. Entonces nosotros preguntamos... Bueno, nos preguntaron si estamos deseosos. Nosotros dijimos, sí, nos gustaría. ¿Cuánto, ¿Cuánto tiempo tenemos para dar una respuesta? 
So they asked if they were interested in taking this, this step um, to come to Peru and serve as working witness coordinators. We said, yeah, we're interested. Um, obviously, if God opens doors, we are ready to walk with him wherever that may be too. Um, and so they, uh, they asked, we asked how much time do we have to make a decision? Nos dijeron 24 horas. They told us we have 24 hours. Entonces fue una decisión muy rápida. It was a quick decision. Obviously, we, we prayed a lot in that amount of time. We didn't sleep very well um, in those 24 hours. We asked, um, we, we counseled with our local pastor who are very good friends with us and some other good friends of ours. Y tomamos la decisión en fe de venir a Perú. And we took the step in faith to say yes to come to Peru. Empezó todo el trajinar para cambiarnos de país, hacer so, cosas, realizar cosas, todo. So all of a sudden, everything kind of got thrown upside down and we started all that is moving from one country to another, packing, selling, um, all that very fun thing that means when we're moving to a new place. En septiembre empezamos nuestra gira viajando a los Estados Unidos para levantar fondos. In September of 2019, we had our first home assignment um, in the United States. Nosotros somos misioneros patrocinados aquí en Perú. We are sponsored missionaries here in Peru. Eso implica que debemos levantar el 100% de eso. And that um, means that we need to raise funds. Entonces, empezamos con, con la gira y cuando llegamos a los Estados Unidos teníamos planeado quedarnos por cuatro meses. And so, when we arrived in the United States, our plan was that we were going to be there for four months. Pero cuando llegamos, migraciones solo me permitió quedar por dos meses. But when we arrived, they only allowed Harrison to stay in the country for two of those four months. Eso fue algo tan, tan difícil. So that was a, a hard um, situation that we, we faced uh, right at the beginning of our missionary uh, experience. Porque en cierta manera Dios había abierto puertas para tener contactos con algunas iglesias, con muchas iglesias en realidad. Uh, because God had already opened doors um, where we had contacts with, with various churches. Y fue un golpe fuerte porque teníamos que separarnos. Había dos opciones, o separarnos eh, después de dos meses o regresarnos todos después de dos meses a, a Ecuador para luego viajar a Perú. Um, and so that was hard because we had to make a decision. Um, were we going to separate uh, for two months uh, where I would stay in the United States with Lisbeth and Harrison would return to Ecuador? Or would we cut everything short two months and and all of us return to Ecuador to wait to go to Peru? Bueno, la decisión fue separarnos, quedarnos, quedarme por dos meses y mi familia, mi, mi esposa invita a quedarse los dos meses para cumplir con la agenda que habíamos eh, realizado. So we decided to separate. Um, I stayed in the United States with Lisbeth for those last two months um, and Harrison returned to Ecuador. Cuando estábamos realizando nuestra gira, eh, pudimos también viajar a a una conferencia de trabajo y testimonio. Um, when we first got to the United States, we had the opportunity to go to a work and witness conference out in Portland, Oregon. Y sucedió algo muy, muy doloroso en realidad para nosotros. Uh, and something that was very painful happened as we were on that. Estábamos esperando un bebé y perdimos el bebé justo en la, la conferencia. Uh, we had found out about a month before we were leaving Ecuador that um, I was pregnant. Um, and so... When we traveled and everything, uh, while we were in Portland at the Word Witness Conference, we had a miscarriage, and so that was another very um, difficult moment in our this very short time that we had been serving as uh, missionaries. Pero, pero siempre vimos el respaldo de Dios porque la iglesia siempre nos estaba cubriendo y ayudando en ese aspecto. But we always saw God's goodness and His faithfulness because we felt uh, we felt and we saw how the church covered us and supported us in those times. 
Después de todo esto, de todo este proceso, viajamos a Perú, no teníamos ningún contacto aquí. After all of that, um, uh, Lisbeth and I returned to Ecuador and then we all moved here to Peru. Y bueno, fue también un tiempo un poquito complicado porque al llegar eh, no, había, no había ningún misionero que nos pueda orientar. La familia con la que estamos compartiendo la propiedad estaba fuera haciendo su gira también. So when we arrived here in Peru, um, we had to do some things with our visas. And then when we arrived to the city where we live, which is 12 hours north of the capital, um, there wasn't, we didn't really have any contacts. The missionary family that did live here where we live uh, were on their home assignment in Chile. So we were kind of left here without a whole lot of contact, not really sure um, how to, we weren't really sure how to start things. <laughs> Pero vuelvo a repetir, yo siempre fue bueno, siempre nos respaldó y, y nos daba personas invitadas que nos orientaban para hacer lo que necesitábamos hacer. But God is always good. Um, even though we didn't necessarily know where to start, God sent people um, and we got to meet people in that very short amount of time who helped us greatly. In, in starting our time here in Chiclayo. Cuando llegamos acá a Chiclayo, nuestra casa donde íbamos a vivir no estaba adecuada porque la propiedad, esa propiedad estaba un poquito descuidada, voy a decir. Um, so when we arrived here, uh, the place that we were going to be living needed some maintenance, some upkeep, uh, because the, the property hadn't been used in quite a few uh, years. Pero Dios fue bueno porque proveyó recursos de parte de Alabasto para poder adecuar nuestra casa. But God was good um, and we give thanks for um, everyone who gives offerings for Alabaster, uh, because through Alabaster funds, we were able to work up and work on and fix up the house we were going to be living on. So thank you for your Alabaster giving. Um, we are a direct uh, recipient of those funds. So Muchas gracias, sí. thank pudimos, you. Pudimos trabajar fuertemente con los maestros y, y juntos hicimos el trabajo para adecuar el lugar de So one thing was interesting, um, we got to work with some national construction workers here to work on our house. Uh, so that was a great point of contact to start with um, as we started doing our own kind of little mini family work and witness trip. <laughs> en el tiempo que pudimos estar en Perú, cuando recién llegamos, tuvimos la oportunidad de visitar tres iglesias aquí en Chiclayo. And we arrived, in, we arrived in Peru on February 4th of 2020. We arrived to Chiclayo right around the 15th. Um, and so we had the opportunity to visit three different churches when we arrived here in Chiclayo. Después de eso, cayó la pandemia. And after those three church visits, uh, the pandemic hit and sí. everything was closed down. Y todo fue una and everything was kind of crazy again, um, flipped on its head and it was an interesting time. Empezamos un periodo de cuarentena bastante estricto. Uh, here in Peru, we had a very strict quarantine. Todo se cerró. Everything shut down. Solo podíamos salir por tres, tres cosas, nada más. Uh, only one person of the family was allowed to go out for three specific reasons, three specific areas where you could go. A comprar alimentos. You go to buy food. A algún chequeo médico. You could go to the doctor or the hospital. O a comprar medicina. Or to buy medicine. No podíamos salir para nada más y, y había horarios restrictivos. And we couldn't go out for anything else, and there were strict um, time frames from when we were allowed out. Y esa cuarentena fue muy, muy estricta durante seis, siete meses, más o menos. And it was pretty strict like that for about six or seven months. Luego fue ya soltándose un poco. And then it started to open up a little bit more, not a whole lot. Pero siempre con mascarilla, siempre bien protegida. But always with two masks and a, a face shield. Durante el tiempo de cuarentena también Dios fue muy bueno con nosotros. 
And during the pandemic, um, God was incredibly faithful um, to us in time. El pastor de la última iglesia que pudimos visitar antes de la cuarentena se ponía en contacto con nosotros, Pastor Melanie Vázquez. Okay, I just remembered that I totally forgot to show you our pictures from our past. <laughs> um, okay, we'll come back to that. But we'll go back, we'll go to this present picture here. Um, sorry about that. I'm going to keep talking as I show these. Um, so this was our arrival in Peru. Um, this is our, our little house, which we love dearly. Um, our before and our after, we can't really tell a whole lot of difference, but the inside looks very different. Um, and then this last picture is the Santa Ana Church. This is in Pastor Milano. This was the last church that we were able to visit. And actually, I was not able to visit it because I got very sick the night before. So Harrison and Lisbeth visited this church. Um, and while they were there, uh, they met with the pastor. Um, and there's actually a really interesting connection. Um, Harrison didn't say all this. I'm kind of adding my own sense in the middle of this. Um, 15 years ago, I came on a work and witness trip with um, a youth team, and we worked and served on this property where we are currently living, and we worked alongside this pastor. Um, so I had met him 15 years ago, and then we came and he connected with uh, Harrison and Lisbeth. And during the pandemic, this pastor was an incredible blessing to us. And it was a, it was a huge blessing to be able to meet him and, and know him and work and Uh, have his help during this time. He would call us and ask how we were, if we needed anything, and he really um, pastored us during this time. We didn't really have very many contacts yet at that point. Um, that was our main goal when we first arrived, was to go out and visit churches and, and meet people and, and start those relationships. Um, but with the pandemic, that didn't happen. But God used this pastor to be able to develop a, a very deep um, and important relationship during that time. And the pandemic was hit the church pretty hard here in Peru. The church was very active and always uh, they had different activities Um where they would come together in districts and different churches um, and, and worship the Lord and, and do activities uh, for the Lord here in their communities. And from one moment to the next, it all, it all changed, just like it did there in the United States. So the uh, pastors, the um, older, sorry, I don't want to use that word, the more, um, the, the, the translate real well, um, The more advanced, oh. sorry, pastors had to learn how to use technology. Y empezaron a confiar mucho más en los jóvenes. And they had to learn how to work alongside um, the youth in a new way. No digo que no se haya confiado antes, pero siempre, siempre había como un poquito de, de un obstáculo ahí entre la juventud y, y la, las personas más adultas. And I'm not saying that there wasn't that relationship of working together before, but there was always something that kind of separated them. But during the pandemic, they had to learn how to work together um, to be able to continue to do the Lord's work through new technology like Zoom, as we are all And this is something that's really interesting that I believe the Lord used to bring people together. The churches had to reinvent themselves. And they found new ways of how they could serve their community. 
la iglesia del Pastor Melano empezó un pequeño proyecto con el, con el objetivo de beneficiar a su, a su comunidad, a su gente y también a las demás personas. Pastor Melano y su iglesia crearon un pequeño store donde podían servir a su comunidad y a personas afuera que necesitaban ayuda con food. Empezaron a vender frutas, verduras, todo lo que pueda imaginarse para el consumo humano. They started selling um, everything that you need, the basic food items, fruits, vegetables, um, everything that you needed um, that was kind of difficult to get at that point in time. A precios accesibles. And they weren't selling them at really high prices. They were keeping it very accessible. Y lo mejor de todo, iban y entregaban en casa. And the best part is that they did delivery. So they would, um, they would bring it to your home so you didn't have to go out um, into the, the virus, as my daughter likes to say. Y esto generaba recursos para la iglesia y para que pueda seguir proveyendo para sus pastores y para la comunidad como tal. And this was something that uh, created funds for the church um, and it helped their neighbors and it allowed them to have a new relationship so that they could serve together. Una manera interesante como pudieron desenvolverse en ese tiempo de pandemia. And it was a new way that they could reinvent the church and serve their community and, and expand the God's kingdom in this difficult time. En, un, en una tarde, no, en una mañana, perdón, recibo una llamada por teléfono. And one morning, this is another story, one morning I received a phone call. No sabía quién era porque no tenía muchos conocidos aquí en Perú. I had no idea who it was because, like I said, we didn't have very many contacts here in Peru. De repente escucho una voz que me dice, Pastor, ¿cómo está? And I hear this voice that says, Pastor, how are you? Yeah, y yo digo, muy bien, ¿con quién hablo? And I said, very good, how are you? And ah, who am I speaking with? Y se está hablando con el Pastor Belisario. Because you're speaking with Pastor Belisario. Entonces yo digo, mucho gusto, Pastor, ¿cómo puedo servirle? And I said, it's nice to, to hear from you, Pastor. How can I help you? How can I serve you? Y me menciona lo siguiente, Pastor, estamos buscando ayuda para poder terminar de construir nuestra casa pastoral. And he says, Pastor, look, I need your help um, because we are trying to finish uh, our pastoral home. Yo estuve escuchándole todo el tiempo. And I was listening to him. Y él me dice, Pastor, lo que pasa es que antes de la pandemia nosotros alquilábamos una casa, un departamento para la familia pastoral. He said, Pastor, before the pandemic we were renting a home for the pastoral family. Pero con este tiempo de pandemia eh, es un poco difícil pagar el, el alquiler porque las ofrendas han bajado y no tenemos muchos recursos. But during this time of the pandemic it's been really hard. Um, we don't have the funds to be able to continue to rent uh, because the offerings have gone down and we're, we're, we need some help. Y como iglesia nos, plantamos, nos planteamos un desafío. And as our church, we, we decided to have a goal. El desafío fue empezar a construir nuestra casa pastoral para ya no pagar alquiler, sino que ese dinero usarlo para la construcción. Um, and so we decided that we were going to uh, challenge the church that we were going to start building the pastoral house so that we wouldn't have to continue renting and we could in, uh, put that money into building the pastor's home. Y empezamos a construir, pero se nos acabaron los recursos. And we started to work on that project, but our funds have run out. Pastor, sabemos usted el coordinador de trabajo y testimonios. ¿Será posible que nos ayude con un grupo? And he said, Pastor Harrison, I know that you're in charge of working witness, so do you think there would be a group that would be able to come and help us finish this project? Yo le felicité a él por el trabajo que habían hecho con la iglesia. And I congratulated him for the fact that they took that step out in faith and they started working on what they needed. Y tuve que darle una mala noticia. But then I had to give him the bad news. La mala noticia es que no podíamos tener grupos por la pandemia. The bad news is that we can't have teams right now because of the pandemic. Y que como ministerio no teníamos los recursos para poder ayudarle a, a culminar su construcción. 
And as ministry, we didn't have funds that we could help him so that he could continue working on that project. And I, I encouraged him that he that we should move forward. Let's pray about this. Let's have faith that God will provide if this is what needs to happen right now. And I said, Pastor, what we're going to do is we're going to pray. We're going to pray that God would open up our understanding, um, open up opportunities, and that he would speak to us through those opportunities to see what he wants to do. Y empezamos a orar. And so we started to pray. Y yo pude hablar con nuestro coordinador estratégico de área. And I was able to speak with our field strategy coordinator. Y le manifesté este proyecto. And I presented him uh, the idea of this project. Y surgió la idea de, de buscar recursos de alabastro para poder culminar esta. And he suggested um, seeing if we could get alabaster funds to be able to finish this project. Y empezamos a investigar con el CEA, con nuestro CEA. And so we started to uh, research how we could get, or if that was available to us, along with our field strategy coordinator. Y era muy posible que este proyecto sea aprobado para hacerlo con el fondo de alabastro. And it was very probable that this was going to get accepted as an alabaster project. So I got in touch with Pastor Belisario um, to, to start working on, on writing up everything we needed for the project. Y lo enviamos para de and we sent it in to see if it was going to get accepted. Bueno, habíamos hecho eso. Estábamos en contacto con el Pastor Belisario, pero no recibíamos noticia alguna. Uh, so we were in touch. We, we were just waiting, but we didn't, we didn't hear anything. En cierta ocasión, con mi familia viajamos hacia Lima para poder hacer trámites de visa. Um, and we as a family had to go to Lima uh, to get some, to do some uh, paperwork for our visa. Y de repente recibo una llamada en la noche. And I received a phone call one night. Era el Pastor Belisario. And it was Pastor Belisario. Y, y recibo la llamada con una voz fuerte y emocionada. And I received this phone call with this very excited um, voice almost yelling at me. Diciendo, Pastor Harrison, Pastor Harrison. He says, Pastor Harrison, Pastor Harrison. I said, Pastor Belisario, what is going on? What's, what, what do you need? Are you okay? He said, Pastor, we have been blessed with alabaster funds to be able to finish our, our pastoral house. He said, you probably already knew that, but we are so very thankful we wanted to share. We wanted to, to tell you again. Yo le digo, pastor, yo no, no tengo idea, yo no he recibido nada porque obviamente yo no he hecho el proyecto desde su iglesia. And I said, pastor, I really had no idea. I had not heard anything um, because you actually did the project uh, with your church. So I didn't know. Pero compartimos su emoción y su alegría porque Dios es fiel. But we were very excited to see um, how God's faithfulness worked out in that moment. In, in a difficult time, God was faithful. En un momento de escasez, en un momento difícil. In a moment where uh, we, there weren't funds, uh, God was faithful. Y para que esta casa pueda ser and he provided so that that church would be able to be completed. Um, and we thank you once again um, for those alabaster funds. Um, and I'm going to show this again. Here's, some, here's a picture. Um, when we had to go to quarantine. You can see this is how we would go out. When we were in Lima, we had the opportunity to go to the little zoo that was there. Um, so this is the first picture is when we were in, in Lima. When Harrison received that phone call, the second picture is Pastor Belisario with his finished alabaster church and parsonage. The first floor is the church, and the second floor is the parsonage. Um, so we are just thankful uh, for God's faithfulness in that. And then the last picture is obviously our new way of connecting, which um, this was part of an, an NMI uh, regional conference that we had, and that was my point 
Um, my work was to be on the other side of Zoom, connecting people and making sure that everything worked right. So um, that just shows a little bit of our new normal. Muchas gracias por, por sus ofrendas, en verdad. And so we just once again want to say thank you. Sus ofrendas han, han servido muchísimo para bendecir a, a una familia pastoral. Your offerings for Alabaster have served um, and blessed another church family in the midst of the pandemic. Y creo que este es uno de los muchos ejemplos que se han podido dar en el mundo. And I believe that this is only one tiny example of what has happened around the world in this time. Estamos muy agradecidos también porque mi hija pudo empezar su tiempo de educación, su, su jardín de niños. We also, we also want to give thanks that our daughter was able to um, start her time in school. We were really worried about her in that point. She just moved to a new country. How was she going to connect with other kids her age? Um, we are very thankful. I'm adding things in again. Um, we are very thankful for our neighbors who have two little boys, um, but she was able to connect and have a school classroom setting where she could meet with kids her age um, who are from here in Peru uh, during that time. Ella ama mucho las clases, ama a su profesora. And she loves her time in class. She loves her teacher. Le encanta estar saltando cuando está tomando clases y eso nos emociona mucho. And she loves to jump around and sing with the songs when they do a school. They do school on Zoom, so it's a whole other new normal. Estamos agradecidos a Dios por eso. And we're thankful to the Lord for that. Hay mucho por qué agradecer a nuestro Dios. And there's a lot to thank our God for. Nosotros aquí en Perú no teníamos eh, ni idea de que íbamos a ser vacunados, no teníamos ni, ni por la cabeza se nos pasaba que podíamos ser vacunados. As far as the vaccines, we know that this is kind of a touchy subject, so we don't want to go there, but we do want to say how thankful we are to the Lord for this. Uh, we had no plans, uh, no thoughts that we would be able to get vaccinated while we are here in Peru. Hicimos todos los trámites para constar dentro de la lista para ser vacunados, pero no aparecíamos en el registro. We did everything we needed to to be able to get a vaccine here. Um, and for us to be able to do our ministry here, it is very important that we do have the vaccine. Um, so that was something that we were kind of worried about, um, not being able to continue to serve if we didn't have that. And so we just thought we were going to have to wait until we traveled to either Ecuador or the United States. Y en cierta manera... Ya estábamos resignados de no vacunarnos. And so we were, we were set that we were just going to have to wait it out. Y, y un día, un sábado por la mañana, a eso de las nueve, recibe mi esposa una llamada de, de nuestra vecina que también es misionera. And so one Saturday morning, we received a phone call from our neighbor who lives like right around the corner. But um, she called me and she, um, y le dice, Jennifer, hay una opción de vacunarnos en Bagua Grande. And she says, she said, Jennifer, there's the opportunity that we can get vaccinated out in Bagua Grande, which is a city that is about six hours um, on the other side of the mountains near the jungle. Y, y con Pfizer. And they're, they're giving out the Pfizer vaccine. Um, the ones that were uh, here in Chiclayo were the Sinovac, Sinopharm. Y mi esposa dice, déjame preguntarle a mi esposo a ver qué, qué decidimos. And I said, let me ask my husband, see what he thinks. Entonces yo le digo, pregúntale si están vacunando extranjeros porque no, no estamos registrados. And she, he said, well, see if we can get vaccinated because we're, ex, we're, um, we're extranjeros. No. We are foreigners, um, so we're not sure they'll even offer it to us. Y ella tenía una amiga que estaba allá haciéndose vacunar y resulta que sí estaban vacunando todas las personas. And so she had a friend that was actually there and so her friend went and asked and she said, they're vaccinating anybody that comes, they will vaccinate you as long as you have your passport or your, your ID. Y ese mismo día organizamos un viaje a las 12 del día. So that same day around noon, we packed up, 
seven people into their SUV and we headed out six hours to the jungle. Sí, gracias a Dios los vecinos tenían carro en ese entonces y nos fuimos. And our, our neighbors had a car at that point in time, so off we went. Y pudimos vacunarnos, fue muy, muy rápido en realidad. And we are thankful that we were able to get our first uh, doses. Cuando regresamos para acá, estábamos pensando, ah, nuestra segunda dosis tenemos que viajar nuevamente. And then we were thinking, okay, so now we have the first one, but the second one, does that mean we have to go those six hours, well, 12, going out and coming back again to be able to get our second doses? Y de repente ya pasaron los días, no había vacunas, no había la misma, la misma, el mismo tipo de vacunas. As time went on, um, there weren't any vaccines up here in the north where we live, um, and so we weren't sure what was going to happen with that. Y otra vez, mi esposa recibe una llamada de la vecina. And again, at about 8 o'clock, a Tuesday night, I got a phone call from our neighbor. Jennifer, están vacunando en Pimentel. ¿Quieren ir? She said, Jennifer, they're vaccinating um, in Pimentel, which is a town about 20 minutes away from where we live. Do you want to go? Yo digo, vamos! He said, of course. Why would we not? <laughs> eh, faltaban personas, porque para abrir una botella de vacuna necesitaban seis personas. Uh, here, in order for them to vaccinate, they needed to have six people because they would not open a a bottle of the vaccine unless there were the exact amount of people that needed the doses because they didn't want to waste any. So they needed four people, I believe, um, to go out and so that they would open a, a bottle to do the vaccine. Y la misma amiga que estaba, que les llamó desde Bagua a, a Ruth, a nuestra vecina, le vuelve a llamar y le dice que necesitan más gente para vacunarse. So the same friend of our neighbors who was out in Bagua who told us about the first one was the one who was here in the town 20 minutes away and they said they needed a few more people for them to open up the esto pasó a las 8 de la noche. That was at 8 o'clock at night. Y la, el punto de vacunación se cerraba a las 9. And they said that they were closing that spot at 9 o'clock. Entonces, nos alistamos, salimos. So we got ready real quick and we headed out, we grabbed a taxi and headed out. To, y cuando llegamos, faltaban dos personas para abrir la botella. To the place where they were vaccinated. When we arrived, they were still needed two more people. De repente van llegando dos personas y se completó el punto. And so a few more people arrived and they, they, we got through the number of six and we were able to get our vaccine. Oh. We give thanks to the Lord because we were able to receive our second shot. So here the first picture is Lisbeth in her class. Um, they were able to meet together to do some class pictures one Saturday, which was an incredible time for the kids to be face-to-face. -face. Um, here is our picture on our way. This is actually on our way home from Bagua. Um, This is probably the farthest we've gone from our home the entire time we've been here in Peru. Um, and then this last picture is us getting our second dose, and we just give thanks that we um, have that, uh, because not only do we need that to do ministry here, but we need that now to be able to enter the United States. Um, and so God just opened doors and did things, and we are so thankful um, for all of those tiny little things that he puts in place that we can't even ever imagine. Estamos agradecidos con Dios. And we're thankful. We are so very thankful. Uh, como les manifestamos al principio, les conté al principio, cuando entré a los Estados Unidos tuve un problema con migración. And uh, as I mentioned at the beginning, the last time we tried to enter the United States, Pearson had some issues. Yo cuento con una visa de turista. I have a tourist visa. Uh, pero cuando tuvimos este, este inconveniente, nos recomendaron desde la sede que empecemos a hacer el trámite para legalizarme en los Estados Unidos. Uh, but when we had the problem the last time, they encouraged us to start looking into getting him a, a legal permanent resident visa um, so that this issue would hopefully be not an issue every time we travel to the States. Y lo empezamos. Lo empezamos a hacer. And so we started. 
Pero con la expectativa de que iba a demorar algún tiempo. But it is a long process with a lot of paperwork. Um, and so we thought it was going to take a while. Um, they told us pre-pandemic, it took about two, three years. With pandemic, it could take even longer. Y pensamos que con la pandemia iba a ser más lejano o largo todavía. So we thought it was going to take even longer with the pandemic. Y estábamos en este tiempo alistándonos para nuestra gira, nuestra segunda gira en Estados Unidos. And we were preparing for our time to head to the States for our second home assignment. Y de repente recibimos un correo de la embajada que mis documentos han sido aprobados y que esperemos la cita para mi entrevista para la entrevista del presidente Germán. Uh, we got an email that said that his papers were approved. Uh, the first part of the process was approved. We were moving to the second process. Um, and that then that part was approved and we were ready just for the interview. Y... Es interesante porque ya estábamos organizando nuestra agenda para los Estados Unidos. And so we've been planning, you can ask Wayne, we've been planning since like February or March, uh, this time in October, November, to be in the States to do our home assignment. Y empezamos a recibir correos de la embajada diciendo que nuestro proceso está más cercano. And every time we would plan something a little bit more, more certain, um, we'd get an email from the embassy that says we're a little bit farther in the process. Llegamos a la fecha de nuestra gira, más o menos por agosto. And we got to about August. We were trying to make our last minute plans because we were supposed to go to Ecuador first in September. Y empezamos a buscar boletos de avión. And we would start looking for, for flights, for tickets. Y cuando estábamos por comprarlos, recibíamos un correo de la embajada and diciendo que, que estamos más cerca todavía. Every time that we were about ready to push purchase on a ticket, we would get an email from the embassy that says something else that was closer to the to being done. Entonces decidimos postergar la, la gira eh, esperando que la, la cita pueda salir lo más pronto posible. So we decided to wait because we have no idea how long this process really takes. Aún no tenemos la cita. We still don't have a date for the interview. Pero hemos decidido en fe viajar a los Estados Unidos y si es necesario regresar por la cita, pues regresar. But we have decided um, with the holidays coming up, we figure they're probably not going to be opening up more uh, interview dates uh, in the months of November, December, who knows, that could change. Um, so we're kind of taking a step out in faith in that we're going to plan to travel next Wednesday um, to the United States on his uh, tourist visa. Y estamos en ese proceso ahora, prácticamente. So we're in this process right now. Um, like I said, we're coming in faith. We would love for you to join us in prayer for that because... Um, when we enter, when we arrive in Atlanta on the 24th, that is where they will make the decision of whether or not he is allowed in and for how long he is allowed in. Um, and so that will determine whether or not we will get to stay there for the holidays and into February. Our plan is uh, to stay until February 1st. Um, but like I said, it's out of our hands and we are just praying that uh, God would allow it to happen, whatever his will may be. So, um, and then obviously, if we do get an email while we are there for an interview date, and it's while we're supposed to be in the States, we would return back to Peru. So there's a lot of taking little steps in faith um, and seeing, you know, where, um, what God's will is in all of this. And there's a lot of it that we don't understand, which can be really hard. Um, but through it all, God has been faithful. You want to see what mismo is <laughs> I was going to say the exact same that she just said. Exact same thing that she just said. Bueno, algo que tampoco esperábamos es que justo el 6 de noviembre, uh, one of the other things that we uh, were not waiting for was uh, the past on November 6th. Eh, Harrison was ordained here um, 
on our district where we live here in Peru. En el 2020 iba a ser ordenado en mi país, en Ecuador. In 2020, I was approved to be ordained, and I was the plan was we were going to go to, back to Ecuador for him to get ordained there. In March of 2020. In March of 2020, so you know what happened. Pero cayó la pandemia y no no se pudo realizar. So that obviously didn't happen. Y fue una gran bendición que Dios nos dio el poder ser ordenados aquí. And it was a big blessing to be able to have that get, have that uh, done here in Peru. Obviamente, los superintendentes generales tampoco podían movilizarse a los Estados Unidos por la pandemia. And the, the general superintendents were traveling out of the states uh, due to the pandemic. Y en uno de sus primeros viajes tuve la oportunidad de ser ordenado. And so in one of the first uh, trips that uh, our general superintendent of, of uh, jurisdiction made, uh, Harrison was able to get ordained. Era algo que no estaba planeado. Yo recibí una llamada una semana antes de la De la that is something that was not planned. I received a phone call about a week before. Y se pudo dar gracias a Dios. And saying that he was going to be ordained in a week. And estamos, so that was a huge blessing. Estamos muy agradecidos. We're very thankful. Had we have traveled on our home assignment, that would not have been an opportunity. Um, so even though we were not able to uh, travel when we thought we were going to, God had other plans. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Um, and he is good always. Este tiempo ha sido diferente en verdad. This time has been different, just like it has around the world. Hemos tenido que trabajar de distintas maneras. We have had to work in new ways. Zoom es una herramienta muy importante para nosotros, reuniones, con los superintendentes, con iglesias, con, con grupos. Zoom is our new way of making contacts, having relationships, and we are thankful for this technology. Posiblemente no hemos podido trabajar fuertemente con proyectos de construcción o haciendo ministerio directamente, pero hemos trabajado por medio de Zoom, haciendo contactos y relaciones. We, we haven't been able to work like we thought we were going to, visiting projects, uh, building, uh, doing everything that Work and Witness is, um, but we have been able to work really hard in making connections, um, in, in, in meeting new uh, superintendents and local pastors here in Peru. Hemos podido predicar en algunas iglesias. We've been able to preach in churches. Hemos podido compartir en algunas capacitaciones. We've been able to share in some training uh, situations. And we're excited to see what God is going to do in the future. Um, in the future, uh, some of the things that we are, are hoping for and praying about um, is that we would get to do this tiny little home assignment in January um, and that Harrison would get this visa so we could get that out of the way and, and continue on um, with what God has called us to do here in Peru. Um, and the other thing is um, what work and witness will look here in like in here in Peru um, in the future? Uh, in the past, work and witness in general, I would say, looked like international teams coming into a place, uh, serving, and then returning. Um, so our goal has kind of been changed to see how we can um, move and encourage the local church here in Peru to go out and do work and witness uh, here amongst their own people in their own country. And if those international teams come, how they can join together. Um, learn from each other so that they continue doing ministry wherever they are. So an international team comes, they work with the Peruvians. The Peruvians, when, when the international team leaves, uh, they can take what they have learned here uh, and, and put it in place where they are from. And the Peruvians can put in place here what they have learned from the international team. So that's something new that we are trying to work through. Um, we're also looking into trying some virtual teams. Um, this is a, something very new that we're not real sure how it's going to work yet, but um, we're, we're thinking of how that might be able to start out. We do have teams that are planning to come in 2022. 
Um, and we really hope that those will be able to happen. Um, our district here where we are serving, they spoke to us and asked, uh, they would like to organize a district-wide work and witness um, so that, and they've asked that we would come alongside and help train people here in this country, in this district, um, how to do work and witness here so that they can go out and do that. So we're really excited. Um, Peru is a huge country, as you can see. Um, there are 16 districts here, um, and it's enormous, 12 hours from the capital, which is about here, and we live 12 hours north up here. So there's a lot of territory to cover. We cannot do it all. Um, so um, planting and, and what's the word in English? Converting, uh, giving into um, investing. Thank you. Investing in people, nationals here who can do work and witness where they are and we can work alongside with them is something that we really hope is part of our future work here in Peru with work and witness. Um, and we're excited to see what God is going to do. Um, like I said, and like Harrison has said, Work and Witness looks completely different than what we thought it was going to look like two years ago when we arrived. Um, but God is doing great things. And I think he's challenging us to move in different ways um, and to move in new places where he is already at work. So we're excited to see what he's going to do in that. And we would love to have you partner with us in that. Um, we, your prayers are greatly appreciated always, just that God would guide us in those new places. Um, and we can talk about other ways that y'all can be involved in our ministry at a, at a different point in time, uh, depending on what pastor says. Uh, but we also want to just take this time. We want to finish up um, a little bit. We have a video that we made just to show you a little bit about work witness, what it is here in Peru, what it was in the past, and how we hope to take that, implement it in the future, but change it at the same time. So I'm going to pass it over to your tech team. They're going to switch over to the video. And in God's kingdom. It may be through ministry teams who come to play, teach, and love on kids, or medical teams ready to help heal bodies as well as minister to souls. It could be a vision team who would like to partner and develop a relationship with a district or local church. And of course, construction teams ready to lay block, put on a roof, or lay a floor so a congregation has a place to minister to their community. family, and we are serving as working witness coordinators in Peru. We are part of the Central Andean field, which is made up of Peru and Bolivia. The Church of the Nazarene began their work in Peru in 1914, and currently there are 16 districts throughout the country. The Church of the Nazarene in Peru has a long history of sharing the gospel, reaching out to those in need, and building his kingdom. It's amazing to see how people come to know the Lord and donate land for a church to be built in their community. The children come from miles away to attend Bible studies and vacation Bible school. The church is alive and well and working throughout this beautiful country, although there are still many needs. We are currently working on a project to create portable chapels that can be installed in these church plant areas until they have the permits for their permanent building. Working Witness also works together with Compassionate Ministries to build child development centers or assist local churches in expanding their space for these centers. This is just one way of investing in the lives of the kids, their families, and the community, sharing the love of God with them. Working Witness has bridged gaps in alabaster projects, helping churches move forward with some of their construction projects 
which in turn allowed them to create new ways of connecting and ministering to their community. We are so thankful to the Lord and for all the churches and ministry partners who have come alongside of us and the work here in Peru. We also give thanks to God for the new friendships and connections with local pastors and leaders we have been able to make. We are excited to see how God will continue to move and work through Peru, and we would love to have more people come alongside us in this ministry. That could be through short-term teams, partnerships, volunteers, praying or giving financially. Thank you for your prayers and for all of your support. We look forward to partnering together and building and expanding God's kingdom in this beautiful country. Okay. Sorry, I wasn't quite sure if we were back or not. So, um... Como les decía al principio, estamos muy agradecidos con Dios y creo que ustedes también. So, like I mentioned at the very beginning, we are very thankful to the Lord, and we know you are as well. Y me gustaría compartir algunos textos del capítulo 4 del libro de Josué. And there are a few verses that I'd like to share with you from Joshua 4, uh, verses 20 and 24. Usted puede leer el resto en su casita con más tiempo. You can, read, you can read the rest of the chapter if you would like at home. Pero permítame leerle los últimos textos. But I'd like to read these last four verses with you. Allí en Gilgal, Josué levantó las doce piedras que había tomado del Jordán. Joshua set up at Gilgal the twelve stones they had taken out of the Jordan. Y les habló a los hijos de Israel de esta manera. El día de mañana, cuando los hijos pregunten a sus padres qué es lo que significan estas piedras. He said to the Israelites, in the future when your descendants ask their parents, what do these stones mean? Ustedes les darán saber que Israel Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. Porque el Señor nuestro Dios secó el río mientras nosotros lo cruzábamos, tal y como lo hizo con el Mar Rojo, que también lo secó, lo secó delante de nosotros hasta que lo cruzamos. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. Lo hizo así para que todos los pueblos de la tierra sepan que la mano del Señor es poderosa y para que ustedes honren siempre al Señor nuestro Dios. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. Queríamos compartir un poquito de nuestro pasado, nuestro presente y lo que anhelamos en el futuro en el Señor. We wanted to share a little bit about our past, our present and what we hope God will do in the future. Pero también queremos tomar esto como las rocas que fueron tomadas del Jordán. But we also want to take that as the rocks that were taken out of the Jordan River bed. Para formar ese altar. To form that altar. Y darle gracias a Dios. And to give thanks to the Lord. Por todo lo que Él ha hecho en nuestro pasado. For all that He has done in our past. Por todo lo que está haciendo en nuestro presente. All that He is doing right now in our present. Y por todo lo que hará en el futuro. And for everything that He will do in our future. Y esto es para que todas las personas conozcan quién es nuestro Dios, quién es nuestro Señor. And our, the, the goal of that is so that everyone will know who the Lord our God is. We love you all in, in, as brothers and sisters in Christ. May God bless you. Thank you, Harrison and Jennifer. What a privilege to have you with us today and to hear from you. And we hope we'll hear from you in person here. You never know about January. You never know what's coming up, but what a joy it is today to have you and to share your life and your calling and your ministry. You have blessed us, and I thank you for that. May God bless you and be with you and guide you. And this next uh, 
this next week of travels and whatever God leads you, this church will will be praying for you and praying for God's guidance in your life. I have to ask you, what your shirts mean? I guess they're backwards. They say Peru on them. Oh, they do? Okay. Yeah, it's backwards. I don't know if I can switch my camera. It's not okay. here. I understand. All right. Hey, this is great. Thank you so much. I'm going to just take a moment and say to our, our church family, thank you for being here today. Uh, joining us for this. We are going to receive an offering uh, and uh, send it like we do deputation. If a missionary was here, we do that. And so we're going to receive an offering in just a, a moment. But I want to talk about sponsored missionaries, if I may, just for a moment. Uh, Harrison and, and Jennifer, you understand that more than I do, but I understand that classification is relatively new to the Church of the Nazarene in our missionary program. We have two categories of full-time called missionaries. One is sponsored, meaning that these folks really are reliant almost 100% on their deputation funds for their ministry. It's a different category. The Church of the Nazarene has wanted to allow more and more missionaries to go to where they feel called to, uh, yet the funds are not there to send everybody that's called. And so a lot of missionaries are finding their support more from the districts that their home, their home districts, which in this case is our district because of Ephrata and uh, Jennifer from that area. And so they are far more reliant on deputation services than some missionaries who are fully, uh, their salary is paid by the Church of the Nazarene. And so I just want to tell you that, that these folks, uh, they're in, in uh, doing God's call. They are reliant on, on deputation, kind of like it used to be a long time ago in the Church of the Nazarene. And uh, so we just want to be as generous as possible, and you are so much. But I just love for us to, to do our best to, to whatever comes in in this offering completely, of course, will be given to them. And we want to say thank you and a blessing to you. Debbie would come and, and play. And we're going to receive an offering, I guess, like we always do. There's a plate in the back and one on the side. There's still not one up here. Well, Carrie's coming with one. So I asked Debbie if we could sing that last song that she had chosen, uh, Here I Am. That's just a tremendous song about responding to what God... Would you stand with me? And we're going to sing while we receive this offering. The words will be on the screen, I believe. But these words are powerful about who we are and God's call. So i uh, going to invite you to bring an offering. And if you can, sing along as you come. Our group will lead us here today. But think of these words, if you could, and listen to these words. God, here I am. I'm willing to do whatever you called me to do. Sing with us and bring your offering as you would, please.
that should be the sermon within every believer's heart. Here I am, Lord. What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to use my influence to love people, preach the gospel, live the gospel? Every person, young or old, we're thankful for this young family that God has called and given the opportunity to uh, respond and lead. And Harrison and Jennifer, we're so grateful you've been with us today. Thank you. Can you hear me? All right. Blessings. We, We hope we'll see you again. And we'll sure be thinking about you and praying for you. God bless. Hope you have a great day today. Thanks for giving us your time today. May God watch over you. Thank you for being here today. If you're able to join us 1 o'clock at the Burkholder's Gym, and I know you can't make it, but if you could get up here, you sure could. (laughs) God bless. Have a great day. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your church. We're thankful for the body of Christ. We're thankful for Peru and all of South America. Think of these precious countries and Ecuador and Lord, uh, how precious every nation is to you on the earth. And in heaven someday there will be people from every nation and language, every people group, God, in heaven. Lord, bless these people as they serve you. Help us to know how we can be a part of the mission wherever it is, in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth, I pray. Thank you for Harrison and Jennifer. Bless them, their precious daughter today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you for being with us. God bless. Would you give them another hand to say greetings from Mifflinburg? Bye-bye. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hold on just a minute. Don't leave yet. You can leave, but... Me gustaría felicitar a ustedes y decirle que Dios los bendiga. Gracias. Está bien. That's our friend from Puerto Rico. And uh, I asked him halfway through if he could understand everything you're saying. He could some, but not all. Hey, God bless. Have a great day. Thanks for being with us. Bye-bye.